Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. It's not going to be okay. I don't see what we're going to do. What do you mean you don't see what we're going to do? You're Harvey Specter. What's that supposed to mean? It means there's a gun pointed at our heads. There's 146 things that we can do. We just have to put our heads together and figure it out. What the hell do you think I've been doing all goddamn night? Lewis has us. He's not going to let it go, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. There has to be something. There isn't. Well, I refuse to believe that. I, I don't give a shit what you believe. Get it through your head. I'm not Superman. I failed, and I don't know what to do. Suit season three, episode 12 is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about yesterday's gone, then suits yourself. I'm Rob Sestrino back here with the guy who's always got some bubble wrap slippers nearby or not. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I am good. Would you have preferred if I said uh, the guy who's drinking $12,000 scotch out of monogrammed glasses? You ain't got to lie. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely not me. Maybe the guy who never gets higher than an A, uh, a, a on anything, mm-hmm. ever, you know, <laughs> that maybe that's me. Uh, no, I appreciated this bubble wrap thing. I've never made bubble wrap slippers or a bubble wrapped hat, um, but I am also not a child, you know, and Mike right. Ross is a seven year old. Okay. I got a big question for you to open up this podcast today. Okay. All right. Does this can open our episode? I don't think so. Okay. I yeah, think this was a very good, good episode. It was fine. Was uh, let chilling. me make my case for why I thought it was a can opener episode. Because okay. I thought that this was a show that really dealt with the like essential question of the show, like the discovery of Mike Ross. I feel like that Lewis, as much as I and I am like the biggest Lewis lit guy there is, that I feel like that Lewis really has been, you know, um, I don't want to say a clown, but he's been like comedic relief for much of season three. I felt like here in this episode, he really returns back to the like uh, show antagonist that he was in season one. Lewis is not wacky or silly in this episode. Lewis is like deadly serious that you get to see Lewis is how he feels about the, uh, you know, the seriousness of what they do. He gets very close. Harvey is up against it. You know, everything that Harvey is trying, like ultimately 
isn't working. I thought that the Jessica storyline also with Quentin was uh, very well done. I thought that the like intercut between Jessica on the witness stand and then also what was going on with the professor coming in to give the guest lecture. I thought that was all very, very well done. I can see if you, uh, you know, don't feel like that this was like an all timer suits episode, but I thought that this was one of the higher points of the season. I thought it was cool. I think my issue is probably because there wasn't um there wasn't really a court case with a lot of weight to it to me. You know, like obviously the Quentin thing is uh, a big case, but I think from suits I've come to respect the Harvey has a big thing going on. He has Mike as a sidekick trying to figure it out. They work together. They you know they they figure it all out. Blah blah. blah. This was a Jessica episode, which is really weird because you know I made the joke uh, yesterday that you know uh, a lot of times yesterday's they look gone. At it, like, yeah, yesterday's gone. Look, but I made the joke that, you know, this show is a lot of times driven like it's a show about the men and the women that love them because there are some episodes where we never see Jessica at all, you know, and she is the first name on the on the face of this building, you know, or uh, on the office door. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this episode was very Jessica heavy and I really enjoyed it. But I think for me, like the spirit of suits is Harvey going to court and Harvey doing Harvey things and it working. Uh, and this was more like Harvey learning a life lesson. You know, but there really wasn't a, a lot for him to do. A lot of him was like, oh, just wait. I promise I'm going to get to it. No, Jessica, don't do that. I'm good. No, promise. Like, Jessica, you're doing the bad thing. Like, it, Harvey as the moral compass of the episode felt kind of weird. I, and even like, you know, Harvey, he's he's known to get on his, his high horse a little bit and be like, no, this is now things are supposed to be. I'm Harvey. It's supposed to go a certain way. But I really like when Harvey's trying to win. And here it just kind of felt like Harvey was punting a little bit. Uh, it was, he didn't give this the the normal Harvey pizzazz that I'm looking for in an episode of Suits. Yeah, I think he was um, shook. I think we don't normally yeah. see this side of Harvey. So I thought that this was interesting to see Harvey when things are not working, where like he did not have his trademark confidence. Even Mike Ross was like, ah, like I know you're going to figure it out. You're Harvey. That's what you do. He's like, yeah, yeah. I I don't have it. I don't have it. Yeah, you know, it's not going to work. And he and he did pull a new trick out of his hat. You know, we we know that Harvey. Oh, man, I want to give him Harvey credit for apologizing to Lewis, Rob, but I mean, not apologizing, but telling Lewis that they're friends and kind of making, building that bridge because Mike says, Lewis has a gun on us. There's 146 ways. What are we going to do? It looks like Harvey takes the gun and says, no, we're friends now. Now the gun's not on us anymore. And that seemed like a really cool move. But Harvey is so manipulative. Now I'm kind of questioning if, you know, the dang, did you just leverage your friendship for Mike Ross, but you actually don't mean it? There are a lot of times where, yeah, Harvey feeling is feeling away, but he doesn't actually say the words. Uh, we saw that with Scotty. We see that with Donna a lot. Um, and we see that with Lewis. He says, uh, Lewis, the other day you asked us, you were your friends. He's like, and you said no. He's like, yeah, but you know what I meant. You you know, you, you Lewis, stop playing. You mm -hmm. know we friends. And Lewis like, yeah, you're right, Harvey. He's like, okay, okay, I get it. But sometimes Harvey is kind of leaning into this like, I could just play the man a little too much. And I really want him to actually start to, you know, to feel some of these things that he's saying and actually to live in them and not just say them to, to win cases. Um, and this wasn't even a case, you know, this was just, Hey, Lewis, don't rat us out because we're your friends. Mm -hmm. And that was it. That was it. That was the, like, Oh yeah. Lewis like, Oh yeah, damn, we are friends. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like it, it, it felt like, a like, it felt like they were they were almost there. Like all, you almost had me at the can opener, but not quite. Okay. What do you think about Lewis ultimately when Professor Gerard comes in and that he sees Mike Ross and he's like, Mike, what are you doing? Like I told you to get you weren't supposed to be there. Now you now you are punished. You don't get to see Professor Gerard. Yeah, and it gives Mike the 
opportunity to, to apologize to Professor Gerard, but then to more importantly apologize to Lewis because Lewis says, this is about what Mike Ross did to me. And the whole time I'm thinking, Mike ain't did nothing to you. You know, uh, yeah, he left you at the altar basically for Harvey when it, when it came down to, uh, you know, you choosing an associate. But that's not what this is. You feel personally slighted by the idea that Mike Ross changed the grade even though he done way more than that, mm-hmm. changed the grade at Harvard. You know, Lewis made this so personal. I think yesterday you and I talked about how, you know, do we think he could have gotten past this? Is this something that you could just go up? Was it Will Davis? Yeah. Davis, comma, Will had asked, uh, you know, why don't they just let Lewis in on the secret? And it's because of like stuff like this, you know, where you say, I changed the grade. And Lewis is like, oh, that's the end of your legal career. Like you're about to, you're about to admit this to this guy. I'm about to shut you down. Like you are not going to be able to practice law anymore because you're a cheater. It's like, is that is, is that really worth it? An A minus A B, uh, A versus the A minus versus the A plus. Is that worth throwing someone's life down the drain? I don't mm-hmm. think Lewis is understanding when it comes to these kind of things. So I'm surprised it worked this episode, but I don't think it'll work moving forward. Yeah, I really enjoyed Lewis as the antagonist. Like, this wasn't like something where, oh, Lewis is mad about something, but like Mike gets him a new cat or like gives him something like that is like a buys him raspberry brand bars or a, a uniball or something else that you could buy Lewis off with. Like, Lewis was really feeling it. You know, he tells. Mike to, you know, I don't want to see you get out of my sight, you know, you piece of filth. So Lewis was really, really serious about this. Uh, you know, Rachel comes to him and she's like, Lewis, I love him. He's like, yeah, well, he, the problem is I don't. I don't love him. Sorry. I don't love him. Uh, he's a liar. He's a scammer. He changed his grade. I mean, we kind of glance over it, but Mike very quickly uh, changes Lewis's whole direction. Because when Lewis first comes to Mike, he says, I know you didn't go to Harvard. And I called the professor to come up here. And Rob, we, we talked about this a little bit where mm-hmm. we were speculating what would happen. And I was like, what if they bring in like fake Trevor or something like that to be the professor? Knowing the whole while that, of course, obviously Lewis would know the guy, you know, what he looks like. Um, but for this man to get here and act and this plan actually uh go off, you know, to where they they survived this is very weird because at the beginning of the episode, it sounded like there was no way out. Lewis had Mike. There was no way Mike could talk his way out of it because Mr. Gerard was coming and there was nothing he could do about it. Um, so yeah, the Lewis twist at the end where he is the one who kind of uh like lets it go, it took a while to get there. Mike had to convince him that, you know, not only did he uh, did he go to Harvard, but he took the class, passed the class, and actually changed the grade and never went to the class. So he's never actually met the professor. So he had a lot to cover up for in the span of this episode. Yeah. Harvey tries to get involved and he ends up going to go see Professor Gerard. And there's a little bit of a tense relationship with uh, Harvey and Gerard. And Harvey tries to back him off by uh, bringing some sort of files that he's trying to like blackmail him with. I don't know exactly what was in the files, but I mean, there was some sort of like ethics violation. And Professor Gerard was like, come at me. I don't care. Now, how much did it mean for Professor Gerard to go speak at Pearson Hardman? Like, I think that Pearson, that Gerard would have been, should have been like, hey, get the hell out of my office. I never want to see you again. And left it at that. Why does he want to go speak at Pearson Hardman so bad? Yeah, I think it just, I will not be bullied by Harvey Specter. The two of them are just uh, obviously never going to get along. They didn't like each other back when they were, uh, you know, when Harvey was a student. He told Harvey, 
I don't know if he gave Harvey the you're never going to amount to anything speech or you can't cut corners your whole life mm-hmm. or whatever speech, but Harvey's been trying to prove him wrong. Like, I got the most closings in, in New York City and all this other stuff. And so Professor Gerard, for a second, feels like, yeah, Harvey's got him. Whatever that folder was that he slammed, he tries to call his blow like, eh, there's probably nothing in there. I know you, Harvey. Uh, but eventually he relinquishes that, yeah, you probably got me there. But what if I do let this pass, right? What if I let Harvey walk out of here and I don't go do that thing? And then Harvey needs something else. And he comes in here with the same exact thing. Uh, and so eventually you have to either say, okay, look, I'm going to just take my L or I'm always going to live in fear that someone's going to come at me with this uh, with this big revelation or with my secret. And that's kind of like what Will was talking about, Will, Davis or Davis, Will, when he was talking about letting uh, Lewis in on the secret. They're always going to be tiptoeing around Lewis because he's the only one that matters that does not know about this thing. So it's kind of like by getting in front of it, you don't have to hide it anymore. You can say, okay, now that you know this, now what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody like Professor Gerard, he's like, I'll show you what I'm about to do. You know, like, I'm just going to pull up and see what happens. Lewis is one of the people who I think would double down like Professor Gerard did. He's going to he's gonna show up every time. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was interesting to see them get here. But another person on the long list of people that do not like uh, Harvey Specter. Okay. Now, Chappelle... This is something that we got in our feedback, okay? The great associate Jessica Frey said, fun fact, Professor Gerard is played by Gabriel Mock's real-life dad. Dad. So that- Finally. His show dad was not played by his dad, but here, Mm -hmm. Professor Gerard is Gabriel Mock's real-life dad. Yes, and this is cool. This is cool. I I like this a lot um, because I like whenever they bring in the parents uh, or the relatives or whatever. And I was thinking, is is uh, I guess what Stephen Mock is he an actor as well? Rob, have we ever seen him in anything else? I don't know him from anything. I don't know if I thought he did a really good job. If he's a nepo baby or anything. I mean, I just think he did a really good job. If he's not an actor, you know what I'm saying? Like if he, uh, it was pretty believable. Let's see. He has a face that I think, you know, I feel like I kind of seen his face before you know mm-hmm. um let's see career uh he was spotted by universal studios talent scout blah 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 okay he's got a little he got a little uh filmography here mm-hmm. the most recent thing though was suits um yeah. prior to that um i'm not saying nothing that just oh he's in sliders oh okay um, yeah um star trek deep space nine and a couple okay. episodes of that all right um, bunch of good ones then. A few. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. I mean, uh, uh, Columbo. He was an episode of Columbo. He's one of those that guy actors from the from the eighties and the seventies. Um, and he he did a little some some in the nineties, and then uh, it looks like he maxed out at uh suits. And so mm-hmm. yeah, good to see him here. Okay, all right. So ultimately, Mike Ross is going to be able to live another day here and get through this. Do you feel like, is this the end of Lewis's suspicions for a minute about Harvard? It's gotta be, right? Like, there, The only issue he had was that Mike came to him hat in hand and apologized for changing the grade. He didn't have any other reason to believe Mike Ross was not a Harvard grad. Like mm-hmm. everything else, aside from the folder. So I think as long as the folder is out there, the missing file and Sheila's cabinet, we should always be worried because we don't know if that's going to come back up. Um, you know, we we just don't know. I don't know if Sheila comes in and like, Lewis, I know you went through my folder or whatever. I went through, went through your file. I don't know how it's going to come back around, but that's the only loose end that we have currently. Um, 
Yeah. I also think that it's cool that uh, they brought up Lola, the woman who changed Mike's grades. Um, mm-hmm. Because I've been saying the whole time, like, hey, well, I feel like she's her- coming back now. That based on every other person in the history of the show who's ever come back. Yeah, everybody can come back. And so again, I've always said that that was a loose end that they should have tied up because now another person. Now has that your they secret. said her name again, I think she's coming back. She's back in the mix. She's yeah, back. potentially. I mean, who is our who has been a one and done so far? I mean, even I mean, this episode was about Quentin. Yeah, and he was basically a one and done, and this was the done. Okay, well, yeah, he it turns out he is a one and done, but his legacy does live on because you know, in, just in the last episode, we were talking about the romantic lives of all of the women characters and how the show has a hard time striking a balance. And I had said that Jessica, yeah, we get a lot about her career, but. You know, she's the one person that we don't really get anything from her romantic life. Like, there's no balance for her either. However, her one romantic interest in the history of the show, her ex-husband, ends up coming back here in this episode. Sadly, he has passed away. He was back in season one. He was uh, working on a drug for ALS, uh, which it turned out that he had. Ultimately, uh, he ends up passing away. And then his company... Uh, is run by his new wife, Lisa. And then there's a little bit of a back and forth as Jessica was named the uh, executor of his will. Mm-hmm. And Harvey's the co-executor. And so the two of them are supposed to figure out how to help Lisa, uh, you know, act out the last bit of uh, Quinn's plans. Uh, and it seems like Lisa has already moved on to selling the company uh, because they think that Lisa, you know, obviously is not like not really grieving in the most healthy way. She's selling it to be done with it or selling it to get the money or whatever the case may be. But uh, through a further investigation, Lisa just really wants this cure thing to happen. And she knows that her keeping it isn't going to make it happen. Quentin was the brains behind this operation. And so with him gone, they need to put this in someone else's hands who would do a good job of making sure that, uh, you know, that there is a cure for ALS eventually. And so... It takes a little back and forth. I'm not going to lie to you. Jessica, this was very personal for her. And she acted like it throughout the entire episode. Rob, my, one of my favorite scenes is when Harvey goes to Lisa. It's like, Lisa says, hey, look at this letter that Jessica gave me. Y'all are trying to take the sale. And Harvey's like, no, we're not. We're not trying to take the sale. Immediately, he walks out, goes in Jessica's office. Two seconds later, he's like, Jessica, what is this paper? You're trying to take the sale. She's like, you don't trust me. I don't trust you. And you can go on behind my back. I knew it. I, that's great. Calm down, Jessica. Bring it back just a little bit. But she was on 10 the entire time. And for good reason. She loved Quentin. You know, they had a good working relationship, especially once they hashed out their differences about Lisa. So I think she had every reason to be suspicious, but she just needed to let the guns down just a little bit so that, uh, you know, they could come to an agreement that worked for Lisa, for what Quentin would have wanted, and, you know, to actually help people that are struggling with ALS. Yeah, Jessica really cared about Quentin's legacy and what Jessica was very concerned about was that the pharmaceutical company was going to buy this drug and because of the profit margin wasn't as good that they were basically going to bury it and Jessica didn't want to see the legacy of Quentin ultimately be uh, not in the work that he had devoted his life to. Prizen was going to just buy the drug and pay off Lisa. And so Jessica's able to turn uh, Lisa around. However, the issue is that Jessica, when she became the executor for the Quinton's estate, Quinton was in failing health. And so Jessica is very concerned that his wishes are not going to hold up in court. Right. And what makes matters worse is that because she 
he was in failing health. Um, the other company, I guess the company is trying to make this sale go through. Um, they're like, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Pause. Um, you can't make these decisions, Jessica, because you're only the executor because he was, you know, um, incompetent at the time or, you know, unable to, to make these decisions at the time. So yeah, because of his failing health, you coerced him essentially into making you the executor so that you could do whatever you wanted to do. Uh, and that is basically stopped this sale. And so we need to make sure that the, the court knows that, uh, this is unconstitutional or whatever the case may be. It's not legally binding. You got to go. And so Jessica has to get on the stand and defend herself and prove basically that, she did know what was best for uh, for Quentin and she did exactly what he wanted mm-hmm. her to do. And those two things aligned. Yeah. I just thought that this episode really did a good job of tying together the two different storylines that are happening in the episode. And I think that there's a lot of other like uh, serialized shows and prestige dramas that have done like a really good job. I feel like probably Grey's uh, does a decent job of this, of sort of like, mm. we don't get like monologue voiceover, but we get Jessica testifying and she's on the stand and she talks about how, you know, uh, the letter of the law isn't exactly the only thing that matters. And it's, you know, uh, just because somebody can't check off all the boxes doesn't mean that it's exactly that they uh, are. You, you can't take their uh, the, the person into account. And so the issue is not that he, he's competent. It was that, you know, what were his intentions? And then this is sort of like played over like shots of like Mike going upstairs, knowing that this could be it for him. Mike and Rachel being very tense and nervous. So maybe this was just an episode that I thought was like directed uh, extremely well. No, it was great. It was uh, the cinematography when uh, they're showing Jessica walking in all slow motion like a baddie with her red bottoms on. Mm-hmm. And you know she's about to go to the stand and really be under the firing squad because she uh, has to basically testify under oath that she did not, uh, you know, take advantage of Quentin's mental state or whatever. And it's going to look like she did. It's going. It is. It's going to look like Jessica is doing what she wants to uh, wants to do and this man was not able to make those decisions. And she doesn't ever speak on really what he what he looked like his health health wise because she does know what his intention was. She knew him very well. And so she says that. And we, we are getting that as she's talking about. I think you should look at all the cases where you know in your mind where someone can't legally do the de- the thing that they're born to do, that they're supposed to do, but you know they're supposed to be the ones to do it. And that kind of reflects itself on the Mike Ross case where it's like, yeah, Mike Ross is not a lawyer you know, legally, but based on what we've seen since the beginning of Suits, he has the skills that it takes to be a lawyer. He has the knowledge because he's read the books in uh, backwards and forward. He could very well go past those classes. We know he can. He's been passing them for other people. Um, and he's been actually, you know, battle tested. And so, yeah, I mean, the law says Mike Ross should go to jail because he's a criminal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as far as like when if you're just asking about the truth of the matter, is it like, is Mike Ross a good lawyer? For this show, yeah, he's decent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's very much what you were saying. I was, I won't say good. I don't know the law like that. But for this show, he's one of the standouts. And so I think she was making a commentary about the Mike Ross thing as well. Okay. No Dana Scott in this episode. Uh, we did get Harvey giving a present on her desk, a $12,000 bottle, bottle of scotch, which Donna thinks is not such a great present until they add the monogrammed glasses to it. Give me $12,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'll buy I'll buy a $45 bottle of scotch and keep the rest. I mean, in a way, uh, he kind of just gave her $500,000. Yeah, he did that too. Mm-hmm. Harvey, Harvey is kind of loosey-goosey with the money. You yeah. know, uh, Donna even talks about where on Secretary's Day uh, or Legal Assistance Day, she goes and gets herself the gift with his money. Yeah. Like, Harvey is not balancing his own books. He can't be. So Although, I know that the, the, the kind of... Yeah, to go back to a line that was said uh, earlier in the run of suits of the idea of, okay, she's giving $500,000 to the firm and Harvey is going to, in her place, give $500,000 to the firm. But in a way, he is the firm. So yeah. um, kind of just like paid himself. Like Jessica should be annoyed more than anybody. Of Like, hey, you took money <laughs> from us <laughs> to give back to yourself. To give back to yourself. And I guess he is the firm and she is the firm too. So she benefits from it too. Mm -hmm. I think it's just on principle. Yeah, Harvey, you can't just go hiring people and paying their bills. But I mean, he paying it is out of his cut. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's paying, we know he's paying uh, uh, Donna's salary or at least the difference in it to make Mm -hmm. up for, you know, uh, whatever bonuses that she's been getting. And so, yeah, Harvey's good at this, but he's not great at gift giving. I think the glasses are a good touch, you know, but if, Dana Scott looks at those glasses for one second and says, Harvey, you do not know my middle name. So why do you have my middle initial on here? Mm-hmm. Then his his cover is blown because Donna knows what it is, but Harvey does not. Yeah. Okay. Who gets the Liddy in this episode, Chappelle? Jessica? Lewis? Uh, yeah, well, Jessica did a really good job. J- Lewis, I, was, Lewis was a solid. I could argue for Harvey also. Okay. Um, Harvey got Lewis to relinquish the mic thing. Mm-hmm. And he got Jessica. No, he didn't really get Jessica to calm down. I think she just needed to. She just needed to calm down. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't think Harvey can get it. It's got because Jessica did a, a a great thing. You know, she she really did. I think she has the high point. Lewis was the villain of the episode. It's hard for me to give it to him as well because it's kind of like Lewis stop mm-hmm. being a jerk. And then the episode is a very short one. Um, I give it. I could see myself giving it to Jessica. I don't Jessica think I did a really good job with the whole yeah. Quentin of it all, and so she got the. I, I guess so. What's going to happen? Then Lisa is going to keep running the company. No, I think that they're going to they're going to make that provision happen. So the what the reason why they were trying to get Jessica on the stand is because Jessica said, "Oh, the sale can happen, but." You have to make sure that you put what is it a hundred a uh, hundred thousand or a hundred million dollars or some shit like that in there. Uh, you you have to put a a whole lot of money into this into finding the cure, um, or you know you're gonna have to pay it back basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's what it was. She's just trying to make sure it's a hundred million dollars, right? So um, they have to spend a hundred million dollars to finish the drug, uh, or they have to pay a hundred million dollars, uh, you know, as a penalty. Uh, and so that way, even by making a sale, they can't just bury the drug and just make a large amount of profit off of off the fact that they have the only one on the market. Mm-hmm. They have to actually see it through. So that's what's going to happen here. Um, it, that provision is going to go through now. The Jessica is the executor and she's going to make them sign that agreement. Okay. All right. So Liddy for Jessica. This was not a reference heavy episode. This was kind of a serious episode. Not too it much was a joking episode. around. I need a little bit more joking around. Mm-hmm. I really did. Uh, I, I liked Harvey going up against uh, his dad. Uh, you know, there were a few moments where Harvey's like, you're still a smug son of a bitch. I'm like, oh my God, mm-hmm. Harvey, you're about to ask this man for a favor. And he does. Uh, and I like that he knew that Harvey could have been bluffing. He's like, there's probably like your dry cleaning or something in that folder. I'm not even going to open it. You know, I, I like the way they played off of each other. But yeah, that's it. It wasn't very funny. It was, uh, mm-hmm. was kind of tense. Serious episode. We haven't, yeah, we haven't talked about Rachel at all. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, anything you want to talk about with Rachel from this episode? Not really. Yeah. I mean, Rachel. Oh, they're going to get uh, a she, new bed. They're getting a new bed. And she, like you said, you mentioned that she, uh, she talked to Lewis, but really the whole heart of that conversation is just that she loves Mike mm-hmm. and she wants Lewis to, to look out for her and Mike, you know, don't ruin yeah. the life of the man I love because I love him and you like me, you don't like Mike, but you mm-hmm. like me. And, uh, I think this is where another one of those moments where Rachel is realizing that she's in, she's in bed with this secret forever. You know, mm-hmm. this is not something yeah, that new bed. if, it, yeah, it happens to Mike, like she has to be on guard uh, just like everybody else does now, because the threats can come from anywhere, including from Lewis. You know, she's like um, talking about when Mike's like, we need to get a new bed. She's like, why? We, I have a bed. You have a bed. You know, this woman cannot even go in Mike's apartment because she saw Tess in there. Rachel, yeah. I got some news for you about Mike's bed. Oh, my God. Yeah. She And also, Mike said, what if we get a new bed? Just for us. She's like, oh my God, it's so romantic. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, Rachel, okay. it's romantic. He's offering you a bed. Take it easy. Okay, yeah. yeah. Get over it. No, I'm joking. I'm I'm picking on Rachel's aim because, I mean, they gave her nothing in this episode, mm-hmm. but it really was just a sign of her really showing that she's 10 toes down for Mike Ross and that moving forward, if things are going to happen, then she's going to be a part of the fight as well. And so, you know, her and Mike kind of went rogue. Harvey definitely told them not to do anything. Um, but... They're a tag team now. I think for the first time, I think it's kind of cute. Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. All right. For the first time. Angela Taylor says, I'm so glad that my degrees in law license and job are all validly earned. This is stressful. Yes. No doubt. Don't be a fake lawyer. Right. Don't be. Number one, don't be a fake lawyer. Um, and that'll, cause, and that'll save you a lot of headache. Mm-hmm. It really will. I, listen, I have not been a fake lawyer my whole life. Or a real lawyer, for that matter. And I have been just fine. It's normal levels of stress. This seems like hell. I don't know why Mike Ross chose this career. I still think he can get out. <laughs> All right, Chappelle. Then we got a question from David who says, do you always drink scotch when you listen to music or vice versa? Do you have a record player? Do you have a record player? I do have a record player, but I don't ever drink scotch and listen to records. Right. I... uh do not have a record player, but it's because I will want it as a novelty and I want records as a novelty as well. I don't want to actually utilize it. Um, you know, records so, are expensive. Like, That's the problem where it's like, hey, I'll go like, I've got a record player and I'll go to the record store and I'll buy all used records for like $5. And it's like, oh, these records are really expensive. They're a lot more than five dollars yeah, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's an expensive hobby to have. So I'm like, I know when I go buy the record player i have to buy the records but then ultimately probably not going to use any of them and so it's just going to be there mm-hmm. you know and uh i don't need another thing that's just uh collecting dust but do you drink scotch rob you know i don't i feel like i should i think you should do i mean mm-hmm. for the sake of suits sure i guess I for think, suits i, I guess uh, yeah do i have to get mccallan uh, uh i mean we could do like uh like a Chivas Regal or something like that, okay. you know, maybe. I don't think we got to do one Um what I'm trying to think of another good scotch. I like Crown, which is only like a mm-hmm. scotch whiskey. How do you blend, drink you it? Know? Just straight? Uh you know me. Neat. Ice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, or every now and then I do a whiskey, but not like not, not scotch, but like a whiskey with water. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's Glen Livid scotch. I do Glen Livid every now so. and then. I think okay, it's scotch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this, you're kind of talking my language now. This is this is where this is where I get my uh my jollies is from drinking a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. David had one other question. He said, if you were in Lewis's shoes, would you feel the need to make Mike apologize? I don't think I would be that passionate about it, 
but maybe just judge Mike, uh, but knowing how good of a lawyer and a person is, I, I would have let it go. Well, David, you're not Lewis Lit. No, Lewis is a jerk. This was this was personal. Lewis felt like it's his responsibility to be the gatekeeper of Harvard and Pierce Inspector, which is fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's completely fine for him to feel that way. Honestly, I think in a way he's not wrong. I think a lot of people should be the gatekeepers of things that are sacred to them. Uh, you don't just let everybody have everything that that you fight and work for because it diminishes the value a lot of times. I'm not saying all things, but I'm saying sometimes there are things that you know uh, you have them because you worked really hard and get and you fought for them for a reason. I'm thinking like even like you know, depending on how you feel about the military, but like valor is another thing, you know, like if you, if you've done these things and served, you know, I think there are titles that you deserve to have and hold. Um, And so, and that is, and that is a very extreme example of this, but I think that, you know, if Lewis felt like this is something that he took very seriously, his oath seriously, I'm sure he took one as a lawyer or something. Uh, I'm sure that like when he, we graduate from Harvard law, they read him in and they, you know, probably like, you know, knight him or whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But all those things are very important to him. And so I don't have any real issue with him uh, fighting this fight. I just think from a like practicality standpoint, he was willing to ruin Mike's life over the, the changing of this grade, you know, cause, and it, and, it's, and again, it's still Mike's issue. But for me, I don't think I would be able to live at night, like to sleep at night. If I know that like I went in and I had, I changed the whole trajectory of somebody's life just because I couldn't sit with something that largely does not affect me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's Lewis. He is very much like a principal in terms of like, okay, well, I am doing this for the law. That's what that's what is right. It's like a very like clear cut issue for him. Yeah, he is so principled that he goes through people's stuff when they're not there mm-hmm. and like, hacks people's computers and, you know, uh, has Benjamin give away document, uh, you know, personal documents for, uh, to him. You know, everybody is bending the rules here. He's a little Karen-ish. Um, it's a little, it's a little pinch, Karen-ish. You know, you just a pinch. Kind of feels like this is my business, and God left me in charge to make sure that it is, uh, it is, is you know, worked mm-hmm. out the way I think it should go. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I would say about Lewis. A little okay. Karen-ish. All right, Chappelle. Anything else about season three, episode twelve? No, season three, episode 12, I think, like you said, solid episode in contention for a can opener, but through discussion, I, I'm, I'm solid on not giving okay. them one. Uh, but I do, th- just because I think I like my episodes a little bit more Harvey Mike heavy. And this was this was a strong Jessica episode and we don't get enough of those. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, as we come around this back portion of uh, suit season three episodes, what, 13 through 8? 16, uh, I believe. Uh, four oh, more episodes. 16. Yeah, we're 75% oh of the way there on season three. I, I would like to see what the big fight is now. We're four days we away big... from uh, season four. Yeah, and I don't think we have a big conflict right now. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know I where we the, go in the next episode. I'd, I'd have to like wonder if the Lewis thing is not all the way gone yet because that was the nearest uh, danger, and it seems like they've staved it off for the time being, mm-hmm. but who knows? Maybe yeah. something else will come out tom- uh, tomorrow that makes it a little bit more clear-cut that Lewis should still be coming after Mike. Yeah, we have the Scotty stuff going on, but I feel like that that's not necessarily like the A story happening here at the end of Season 3, so I guess we'll see what happens when we pick it up in Season 3, Episode 13. Chappelle, where can people keep up with what you're doing? 
uh, follow me on Instagram at Chappelle TNT. I will be uh, tweeting out and uh, posting on Instagram on my story uh, different podcast appearances that I'm making, including the Survivor uh, stuff that we got going on this season. And so, yeah, uh, t- follow me on Twitter as well. You'll see all those links and more. Okay. And I am at Rob Sestrino. We'll be back tomorrow with season three, episode 13. Thank you so much for joining us. Let us know what you think in our feedback form, suitspodcast.com slash feedback, and jump on over in our Facebook group at suitspodcast.com slash Facebook. Thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.